Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we talk Barbenheimer, Twitter, and Pokemon. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of This Week in Geek, where it is just very, very hot in California, and I don't like it, at least in SoCal. I'm guessing at least because of where I am, at least it's not super humid. Um, how are things in the Northlands, Kevin? Uh, it, it's doing okay. I mean, we're having solid weather. It was reaching... I think it was like 102 or something like that. Yeah, um, that's about how much it is down here. Yeah, it, it it was getting up there. And then, uh, I don't know, I, I was trying to survive this weekend. That's that's pretty much all it all it was. <laughs> At the very least, we're not like Las Vegas or Arizona where they're over 110 every single day. And they've been that way for like 20 days at this point now. So, yeah, I mean... If it's that hot, I think nature's telling you not to live there. Just saying. They're telling you to get out (laughs) in the nicest way possible by trying to, like, fry you completely. (laughs) Hey, at least they're not trying to trying to take over your body by replacing your brain. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How's camp been, Kevin? This was the last week, right? Last week. Let's go get this out of the way i'm so excited for this to end not not like i it's not that like the the students are bad or anything but that's one of the problems um i'm uh i think it's either my age or something is starting to catch up with me um i was playing on like thursday and then all of a sudden i had like migraines and like Uh eye strain and it was bad um i literally couldn't do anything like moving into like Thursday and Friday. Like Friday I had to we we played one game of like Valorant because it's campers versus it it was a campers versus coaches game. And mm-hmm. I was like, I could do one match. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, bro, I could barely think right now. So I can do one match. And I'm like, I am not gonna hold back. We are we are just full sending so I can take a nap. And he's like what do you mean? And I'm like, I I need to like rest. And he's like, okay. Um, we uh we thirteen won the campers. Um, it was oh my god. <laughs> I they were like, Kevin, you got to slow down. I'm like, bro, I need this nap bad. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was more like I I had an extra layer of motivation. And then after they wanted a rematch, I was like, nah, you guys got to get a fill. <laughs> like I am taking a nap. <laughs> And so I had someone else fill in for me. It was a little bit more fair, but like game one, I was like, yeah, I cannot, I have, to, I have extra motivation today. So um, it does play into the thing later. Um, Pokemon sleep came out last week. 
Um, oh, so it finally came out. It's out. It's out in the states. Oh. I'm ready. So we'll talk about like the the actual setup of it. Um, when we actually get to the Pokemon section of the podcast. Um, but like the fact that I had a terrible migraine and had to literally sleep it off, plus the coinciding of Pokemon Sleep coming out was just like a match made in heaven. It was like a that that is what. I ended up doing. I slept and I grinded Pokemon Pokemon Sleep, and now I can tell you guys about it. So, uh, that'll that'll be later in the podcast, though. So it's yeah. so funny you can you can game while sleeping now. I can game while sleeping now, and it's crazy. I don't I don't even stop. I don't even need to be awake to play. <laughs> like that's how crazy it is. Oh my god! But yeah, it's a overall like uh this this whole weekend was pretty much just me recovering from that. Um. I had a couple of friends who went to San Diego Comic-Con um, and they got me some stuff. So uh, excited to tell you about that once we actually get into that section as well. Um, shout out to Forrest. Thanks for thanks for the stuff. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell everybody what what I ended up picking up. So, yeah, um, that has been my weekend. Just laying down and pretending to be Gojo for 10 years. Um, yeah. What about you? Um, I did the Barbenheimer. Oh, how was the Barben? I know. OK. Which, which one did you do first, and then, like, what what was your overall impressions of both of them? Okay, well, so technically, technically, I started with Mission Impossible, even though it's not there even there. You go. That's not even in like the my proposal. It was Mission Barbenheimer. You... <laughs> okay, so so my my like have just looking at things conceptually, my actual order that you should watch them. I think if you're just this has nothing just cognitive dissonance for fun memes and and pepe hands um what you should do is you start with uh asteroid city because it's fun and artsy and they also reference like the atomic bomb tests in the movie then you move into oppenheimer because mm -hmm. the atomic bomb tests and then you finish with barbie because after we've destroyed the world with nuclear radiation and bombing the world grew back in a in a fallout-esque form into barbie land which is instead of being like monitor screen green it's it's barbie pink so that that's how you're supposed to start but but i started this weekend on friday i saw um mission impossible with the family which was good i will say compared to like indiana jones which also features an aging former action well technically still action star an aging action star squeezing the last little bit they can out of a once legendary series, I do think that Mission Impossible was very entertaining and very fun. I really liked um, the chase scene that they did in this movie. It was very different than some of the other chase scenes I've I've seen in action movies. I think this one was really fun, and I really did enjoy the movie. Um, the big like stunt that they had Tom Cruise do at the very beginning of the movie, so that in case he died, they wouldn't waste their time, uh, or he's jumping the bike off of the cliff. It's not as exciting as I was expecting. You just kind of see him jump off the cliff and then parachute. It's kind of not big of a deal. But anyway, moving into um, the actual Barbenheimer of it all, I saw Barbie first, and then I saw Oppenheimer. Um, I mm -hmm. didn't see them technically on the same calendar day, but I did see them within 24, like not even 24 hours with each other. I saw them within like 12, no, not even 12. I saw them within the same 24-hour period. I saw um, Barbie at 9 o'clock or 9.30 on Saturday, and that mm. ended at like 11.30-ish. And mm. then on Sunday, I saw 
Oppenheimer at 2.30. So it was in the same 24-hour period. I'm counting that as completing the Barbenheimer. That, um, that counts. Okay. I, give you, I give you the thumbs up. <laughs> okay. I've been <laughs> given the okay by Kevin. It works. Kevin went to film school. He's allowed to give me the okay. Yeah. I make up the rules now. <laughs> um, But I will say that I think both films really exceeded my expectations. Um, I was expecting to love Barbie and I'm just going to go in the order that I watched them. So I was expecting to love Barbie just because you can see how much like effort they put into making it fun from everything from like the jokes that they're putting into it that are like clearly adult jokes. Like even in the trailer, it's the, the I'm going to beach you off joke. And they're literally talking about <laughs> beaches. Um, that's like very clearly, okay. They know exactly what they're doing with this kind of humor. Um, I was expecting something very fun and great and campy and to have a lot of really good production design that makes you feel like you're watching something Barbie. I got all of that and and a lot more too, because it's very, um, I feel like even though it's a comedy movie, it, and I feel weird that Mattel would actually do this because it's very critical of Mattel as well. Um, But it's like a very, at times unflinching exploration into like Barbie's troubled history with like how it's represented women. Um, like I, the, there's the infamous Barbie that like her boobs would grow. You've heard the story, like that story, right? There's like a Barbie back in the day. I don't, I don't remember, but Oh no, there was a Barbie back in the day that um, I don't even know why they developed it, but Mattel developed a Barbie that like over time, her boobs would just grow and get bigger as she like aged quote unquote. So they addressed that and and some other things about Mattel and like the criticisms and history of Barbie. That's like, yes, she's kind of empowering women in that she can be like a doctor, uh, um, a chef, an astronaut, president, whatever. But she's also been uh, accused of having perpetuated unrealistic beauty standards for women for how many years and just set back the idea of like what an ideal woman looks like. Um, I think though that that ha- they had to really in this movie, because if they didn't, if they didn't address the problems that Barbie has had over the years, if they just made it a, a full on positive, I guess like uh, it, it, this, just like the Lego movie, this is a toy commercial, but it's a very good toy commercial. Um, I do think that they made the right decision doing that. And I think it was a better movie for it because they addressed it themselves. It's not a criticism that people will be able to to level against the movie after watching it because they already took the steam out of it. It's kind of like as much as I hate the the Pitch Perfect movies, like she calls herself Fat Amy so that it doesn't hurt when other people call her Fat Amy, you know? Mm hmm. Um, it's surprisingly like meta at times. It's just, it, I, I don't want to spoil a lot of the jokes. Yeah. Me talking about it would spoil the joke. Yeah. Just like the narration, just how, how unexpected the humor can be at times. Like the very, the very last line of the movie is so unexpected of a joke and it it's so good. Um, I think that Margot Robbie did fantastic as Barbie. And she was also the film's producer. Like she picked Greta Gerwig also to direct the movie. So 
major props to Margot Robbie. Um, I was watching the news earlier today and they're like, they're saying that the, the writer strike really is a shame for her because like, she's not allowed or the actor strike too. She's not allowed to promote the movie at all. Or she's not even really allowed to enjoy publicly enjoy her success because of the strike. So otherwise she'd be like living it up right now because the movie is made over, I think a hundred and yeah, $162 million this weekend alone. Um, compared to Oppenheimer, which still did really well, but it pretty much doubled Oppenheimer at eighty two point four million. So it's fan. I think you absolutely, even if you like, don't like Barbies or whatever, like go see the Barbie movie. It's really good. It's a very good analysis of like femininity, equal rights, um, um, just the world culture today, um everything about that there's a bunch of weirdos who are saying that like the barbie movie is satanic or demonic or whatever ben shapiro like lit a bunch of barbies on fire and had like a 40 minute rant about why the barbie movie sucked um ryan gosling is also like very very funny in the movie he's really good um michael sarah surprisingly is like i have weird feelings about michael sarah he seems like kind of like a meh actor but like his mehness is played very well in this movie and that he his his the doll he plays is alan and like alan's kind of an afterthought in barbie he's like the one male character who's not a ken um and i feel that's just like michael Sarah as a person he's just kind of in the background um the barbie movie was i would give it probably an an eight out of ten there were times where the humor and just the style of it was a little bit disjointed. Like I, I couldn't tell who the target audience was at times. I couldn't tell what the tone was at times because it got a little bit too, too adulty meta making commentary for its own good. So I would give it a solid eight out of 10 uh, moving into Oppenheimer. This is a movie that Christopher Nolan shot so that you're supposed to watch in IMAX. So I did go see it in IMAX. Um, I wasn't expecting to like it. Because I like, I think I've expressed my complex feelings about, well, not my complex, but my feelings about Christopher Nolan before. Was that on this podcast or was it something else, Kevin, that I, I explained what I think about Christopher Nolan? I don't know if you went into it here, but then again, I could be wrong. Okay, so just really quickly, I think that Christopher Nolan is a little bit too cerebral for his own good. I think after he made like, like he his his previous like early work, like following uh, Memento. Um, mm-hmm. the prestige. Those are all I think absolutely excellent films. Like they're very good story wise. They're very good editing, acting. Mm-hmm. The, the everything about those movies is good. That's early Christopher Nolan. I hate his Batman because he, it's not. I don't think it's good Batman. He's never read a Batman comic book. He tried to change so many things that are central to the canon, that would have just absolutely removed the identity of the character like he was going to make batman go kill everybody with a gun um no batmobile no utility belt no bat symbol no bat signal mm-hmm. like it, it would not have been batman in all but name and luckily mm-hmm. there were people on the production that said no you can't do this otherwise it's not batman you idiot yeah. um but like after he did things like i think after people got all crazy about inception which i thought was a an okay movie i don't think it's as good as people say that it is i might have just been like ruined on it because i didn't see it so much later and like after everyone had hyped it up i just felt like it was meh um 
that's another meh thing. Uh, I think that when he did Interstellar, it was good emotionally. I think it was just too long for its own good. And then he did Tenet, which was just peak. I can do whatever I want because I'm Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I can explain mm-hmm. away the concept of my movie by just saying, don't think about it. I can just mute out the sound because I can't think of a way to explain this, but I'm just going to blame it on like, oh, I was trying to do something with the sound to say that it doesn't really matter, blah, 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 whatever. I think he got too cerebral and he thought he was so good that he could do whatever he wanted and people would love it. And no, Tenet was an awful movie. It should be burned. Just burn all copies of Tenet. Um, and then comes Oppenheimer. So I was going to, I didn't plan on watching it initially until the, the Barbieheimer um meme came around so it's like okay i'll do it to participate in the meme um i didn't expect to enjoy it but just watching how well and how quickly they they paced the story the acting in it um the shifting in between the different storylines um the the production design it it it's so engrossing and so it, it's like it, it's a three-hour movie but it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like like after after they finally blow up the bomb, like it's like, okay, we we got to that point, and it's still going question mark mm-hmm. it, it had one of those kinds of things where it it felt like the story was over, but the movie kept going, but it it still remained very interesting. Like mm-hmm. I was never bored watching it. It's a very talk dialogue heavy movie, but all the dialogue is is so engrossing and so fascinating. um. I will say I don't think you need to see this movie in IMAX. Like the sound design of the movie is the only thing I can say that may be worth it because you have the much larger, louder, but more powerful speakers. And you can like really feel the bass like rumbling through you when it needs to. But aside from that, it's not worth it. Like everyone's raving about it probably because a lot of people I know drove on the comments online drove three hours to go see this movie in IMAX and are probably trying to justify it to themselves. It's that's how psychology works. Mm -hmm. Having done it and having had to only drive 10 minutes and having to had to pay an extra six, no, $8 to go see it in IMAX. I don't think it's worth it. Everyone is like saying that the, the, when you see the bomb explode finally after building up to it for the movie, it's pretty sure. Yeah. It looks nice. But that's only about maybe optimistically 30 seconds of your movie. And it's just like a bunch of big fire effects on the screen. Like, honestly, if what you're looking for is big fire effects, watching a Michael Bay Transformers movie in IMAX would have been a better, like, investment in your time than seeing it in IMAX. So if you can't see it in IMAX and or, like, the nearest IMAX screen is over an hour away from you just go see it in normal 2d like save yourself the money save yourself the time you'll still get the story yeah the frame might be a little clipped because he filmed it in imax but like the main story is there like when you when if if you were to watch this at home if you were to buy this on on a dvd if you were to watch it on netflix if you watch it on tv you wouldn't be able to watch it in imax so there's that. I will say that this, like, because I think it's just because of the meme, mostly, but because of the meme of Barbenheimer, this has been the most successful weekend for film and cinema the entire year. Like, it, it's 
excuse me, like it's also I think the fourth biggest um opening of like since the pandemic happened. Um, and especially with how really badly the box office was doing with big launches like the Flash and Indiana Jones, like this has been a very necessary revitalization for theater owners um and just the movies in general and also like since people are are staying at the theaters for like at, at least maybe five six hours if you're watching them literally back to back like that's a lot of like food and drinks that people are going to need to buy so that's increased revenue for theaters which will hopefully keep them open so mm. those are my thoughts on the barbenheimer all right so See see it in 2D. <laughs> well, it's it's 2D. It's not 3D, but just see it on like a normal a regular screen. TV, normal screen. You no need. You don't need to spring for the IMAX. I did it so that I could like talk about it and okay. tell people. And because I haven't seen a movie and I like, if you want to yeah. see it in IMAX, go do it. Like, I'm not I'm not saying you shouldn't because like again, the sound design is very very good. And if mm-hmm. it's like if you just want to treat yourself like you haven't seen a movie in IMAX for a long time, go do it. Like. Mm-hmm. it's not the most worth it movie. Like, honestly, if Barbie was in IMAX, I would say go see Barbie in IMAX and it would be perfectly worth it because it's it's bright, it's fun, it's very colorful, and you'll get more of that. Um, if you want to see it in IMAX, go do it. If you really don't care about, like, the sound as much and feeling, like, the bass in you, see it in normal screens and you'll be fine. Like, I, I initially, I bought a, a ticket to a normal screening because I didn't think it'd be worth it. And then I switched to just see, and I was right. You can see it perfectly fine without it. I think. Um, now, what were you, like? Were you planning on seeing either or both of them? And do you plan on completing the Barbenheimer challenge, even though it's not opening weekend? I would probably still go and and see it if I get the option to. Um, the so I was invited to see Oppenheimer on on friday um friday night and i was like okay first of all movie is three hours long and my friends were like yeah it, we're gonna go see it at 10 30 i'm like ah. <laughs> so i can't i come back from camp and then also that is the day that like i was at my peak for like ice strain and and migraine like stuff Oh yeah, no so staring like, at a screen for three hours. I was no. like, I'm not gonna stare at a screen for three hours and, and try like, to like take in dialogue and migraine. Like one, yeah, you see the dialogue too, but like the bright flash of an explosion. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm probably gonna throw up if I have to stay here. So I was like, yeah, I'm going home. Uh, so my friend saw it. I did not. Um, so I will probably make the trip probably sometime this weekend. Um, because I have like one, one, the, uh, the, the camp is over. So I'm going to have options yeah. to go ahead and do that. You don't um, have to deal with children anymore. Yeah. So I can go and deal with bombs and Barbie. Uh, it'll be bombs. It'll and be Barbie. fun. Yes. The double B weekend. Yes. Uh, B movie two confirmed. Uh, B square. Um, but yeah, the, uh, just giving myself time to actually go ahead and actually like do stuff, enjoy my last couple of weeks of summer, um, before my trip. Obviously, my trip is a big part of it, but yeah, mm. um, looking forward to seeing both of them. But yeah, I heard good things about both movies, so 
I really do want to see. I, I would love to take the time to watch both. Uh, I just got to find a good group to go with. Now, between the two of them, which do you think that which are which are you more excited to see and which do you think that you'll end up liking better? Because, again, I didn't think I'd like Oppenheimer and I really did really enjoyed it. I was expecting to like Barbie and I really liked Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I'm personally like expecting to like Oppenheimer. I just uh the the timing of it, obviously of it being three hours long. I was like, this is this is something like I have to like go in like it's a marathon. Right. Um, yeah. So that's one thing that's still like overwhelming is just obviously three hours. I mean, that's an end game. Uh, so it's just like, uh, is it worth enough time for me to like enjoy the entire thing? But people are telling me, uh, even though it's dialogue driven, it's pretty quick. Oh yeah, like like, a, it, like the pacing is very good. There's like um, no wasted time at all. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to see how Nolan tackles that. Um. I I know that like a lot of his other references go towards like what Satoshi Kon has done in the past. So I want to see if there's like any ties to this and like Millennium Actress or another anime film um, from his style. So we'll see if that plays into it. Um, Barbie, on the other hand, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going into if I do go and see it. Um, I know that Simu's in it. No, that's that. That absolutely goes see with no clue. That's it. So I'm like, I, I, that's it. I'm going to go in and I'm going to go watch this. So I feel like that's only fair. Okay, you'll have to let me know what you think about it when you see it, because these movies are bringing in all of the dollars. Just just so much money is coming into the theaters because of this. Um, speaking of all of the dollars, Kevin, um, did you hear about the the Powerball news that happened? I heard somebody hit it, uh, but I don't remember how much it was. This ticket, this Powerball ticket, for the California lottery was won in the Las Palmitas mini market in Los Angeles. And so when, when you win or when someone wins a lottery ticket, the state of California will give that winning store a million dollars. So the owners of that store already won a million dollars. The Powerball jackpot is the sixth largest in United States history and the third largest in the history of, I guess, the California lottery. Now, the numbers were 7, 10, 11, 13, 24, and red Powerball 24. What okay. is your guess on what the actual like winning total is, Kevin? Okay, so you said it was like... It is the third largest in the history, according to Fortune. This jackpot is the sixth largest in U.S. history and the third largest in the history of the game. Okay. Because, like, oh, I remember... Powerful. Okay. We had a Mega Millions that was, like, really high, like, a couple of years ago, right? Um, yeah, just, the numbers are always, like, breaking records, but this is a, yeah. this is a big one. Hmm. I would hope that it would break the the B. If, if there's a whole weekend of Bs, it's probably like a billion. I'll say one billion. Guess. I'll say one billion. 
1.08 billion dollars that's so much money but i mean minus taxes it's not going to be yeah you're not going to get that much but the winner can either choose to get the total jackpot paid out in yearly increments or you can take it all now in a lump sum for 55 or 558.1 million dollars my question is like, well, like I I know that people break this down all the time. It's like which would which would be better, you know, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I think I might. I I would like to get it like as much as possible, mm-hmm. but also like I feel like getting it in increments, like over the course of time is is probably better for me financially so right. i don't blow it on something stupid exactly <laughs> and like you can always have a reliable like source of income mm-hmm. um if you're a winner like i know for for a lot of lotteries like you have to like you can if you choose to publicly accept it you get more money than if you privately accept it and, and not release your name i don't know how if it's the same for the powerball specifically um but According to Fortune, winners don't have to come forward publicly, but their names and the disposition of the money are public records, according to California Lottery. So people who want to come after you will somehow be able to find you. On one hand, like winning the lottery sounds like a dream because all that money, you never have to work again. You could do whatever you want with it. But also it's like, I know a lot of people who, I mean, you you only see these stories of like, that, that, that people want to tell and that are sensational, but there's always these stories of people who win the lottery and it's like the worst thing that ever happened to them. Like they end up losing everything. They end up in debt. Like people only want to interact with them because they want them to give, the, they want these people to give them money. And it's like, you, you have enough money to give out, but if you don't want to, then you become the bad guy. So I don't, I don't, as much as I'd love to have that amount of disposable income, I don't know if I'd really want everything that comes with it. You know, yeah. It. I mean, the money is nice, but there, there is no need. Yeah, everybody, everybody who kind of knew me at one point asking me for something, you know, (laughs) they'll come by and be like, "Went to elementary school with you for like a week before you transferred." Yeah, it's or that like that one person who was like, "Yeah, you remember that one time that I like threw that thing at you?" Yeah, I didn't mean it. Uh, Can I have like a hundred bucks? I'm like, no, I don't know you. Get out of here! But then yeah. all of a sudden, you're you're an awful person because you didn't yeah. give him the money. It'll be like billionaire refuses to give one hundred dollars to X to, 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 to they'll, fellow they'll classmate. The, they'll go on the news and say that they were your childhood friend. I'll be like, yeah, I don't know this guy. <laughs> so, speaking of, of people with a billion dollars, and although like this person has not come forward yet. Someone out there has is now a billionaire. But speaking of billionaires, um, did you hear what Elon did today, Kevin? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we saw we got to see it firsthand in uh, NSF because he's weird. Um, not a fan, not a fan. So for those of you who are are not inclined to follow the Elons or the social medias, he changed Twitter to x that's the name just x 
that's what it's called now. It's just X. Change the logo and everything. And now instead of tweets, I guess they're they're called X's or something. Come on, man. I don't want to deal with more X's than I already have to. (laughs) That's a mood. Um, but I mean this this is just another long line of Elon being obsessed with the letter X and his brands like when he was kicked off of PayPal, he tried to start another brand called X.com, which based on the fact that un- until now there was no very prominent website called X.com, like it didn't succeed. He's got SpaceX. I'm surprised that Tesla doesn't have an X in it. But yeah, no, he ch- he changed Twitter to X. He scrapped the Bluebird logo that we all know and love just for simple black and white X and he's planning on changing the company from what we know it to be to cater to his obsession of creating a, like a one-stop shop website. Like even like when he initially envisioned like X.com way back in the day, he I guess that might have been the start of his his idea of having a, a website where you could go do everything, kind of like, mm-hmm. I guess a metaverse. It's not a metaverse; it's just a website verse, something like that. But it's, um, it's like a small internet. Yes, yes, that's what it is. It's like the internet contained in what. It's like what China did with with Weibo, I guess. Okay, that's uh, that's what I guess he was thinking, but I, I honestly. I think everyone hates Elon and no one wants to deal with Twitter. Like Twitter's already lost. So, or X now has lost so many people interacting with it. Oh my God. Like I was trying to find my Twitter tabs this morning to do work and I couldn't find them because the logo had changed in my, uh, my tabs. It was the X and I was just looking for the bird and I couldn't find it. So yeah, the problem also is, is that, because X is such a popular brand, according to trademark attorney Josh Gerben, who was interviewed by Reuters for this, there's a hundred percent chance that Twitter is going to get sued by this over this by somebody because so many hey, people yeah. have trademarks on the letter X. Like Microsoft has a trademark on the letter X because of Xbox. Facebook and Meta have a trademark on a, a blue and white X. Um, if if Twitter has any protections at all or X has any protections at all it's going to be specifically on their logo they will have no other protections for anything else um and they can still probably be sued by folks for encroaching on the uh the X name and like if Twitter tries to sue somebody else for using X they can't because it's such a popular letter to use um this is eh, I mean Elon and Zuck are already beefing. Is Elon going to try to drag Bill Gates into this because of Microsoft? Uh, I don't. I don't think Bill Gates is getting out of that cage fight. Um, Unless he's like one of those anime old people who like is. Oh wait, yeah. What if he's got like King Boomy strength? He's right? got that. He's got that King Boomy build. It's it's always the old folks in anime. You don't expect them to do anything, but as soon as they like take off the shirt and they're super ripped it's like oh god i'm gonna die here to an old man aren't i (laughs) but yeah that's what happened with elon today and we all hate him for it there's so many jokes going around the internet right now 
like um Sesame Street put out a tweet earlier <laughs> today. Um, let me find it real quick because it's uh the letter X will be holding a press conference today, and it's just like one of the Sesame Street letter X's in front of a microphone. It's great. Um, I love all the memes, and I love how even though Elon owns Twitter, all of Twitter hates him. It's great. I love it. I hate you, Elon, so much. He's making my life harder. You're an asshole. Speaking of assholes who are doing awful things, Kevin, um, you you go to a lot of basketball games, right, for the NBA? I wish. Uh, I, I wish I could afford it, but I, I can't. I wish I could. I go to some. Games when when I get invited, NBA. I go. <laughs> All right. So what what is it like for spectators there, Kevin? How is it's, how is it, like how do people behave? How is the energy there? Like how do, do are people like being rude or like hassling the the athletes or anything? Not really. I think I think we've only had a couple of times when that has happened, but like it's it's a rarity for the most part. Okay. Um so this specific story happens in a WNBA game very recently. Um there's a YouTuber named J or Gideon J I D I O N. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you you know about this, Kevin? I, I I know about the guy. What do you know about him? His name his name is Gideon Adams and he's a he's a YouTuber. But what do you know about him before I go into this story? All right, all I know is that Gideon had beef with Pokémon at some point and oh, okay. it it was it was crazy. There was a, like a lot of really like i don't know he's really out of pocket and yeah this this was another okay. another moment see that makes sense because apparently he just hates women of all kinds he just <laughs> hates women okay because he's an asshole so the reason why he's and we we're talking about him in basketball games he's been banned allegedly there's been no confirmation from the nba yet but from what the reports are saying he's been banned from all nba related events because he couldn't stop from being a sexist pig and trying to prank, quote unquote, the female athletes at the game. So at the most recent one, he went to a game where he he was attending a Los Angeles Sparks game. He went dressed head to toe in pajamas, laid down on a bunch of the uh, the rings or the courtside seats and pretended to sleep the entire time because he was so bored. Um, security talked to him at one point. He said he... He had to sleep because he had a medical condition. No, because that's <laughs> apparently believable and funny. Um, but then he was escorted off the premises, and he asked, "Well, am I just being banned from WNBA games?" And they said, "No, you're banned from all." The security at least said, "You're banned from all NBA related events." And again, the NBA hasn't confirmed or denied whether he actually is. That's just what's being reported. Um, he also did something similar to Minnesota Lynx game because he has the money as a stupid shock YouTuber to go travel while the rest of us who actually do things productive in society can't. Um, he sat courtside and showed that, and, and he sat courtside and I don't know, he tried to shoot the ball and it just sucked and it is just not behaving properly because somehow women are not good, even though any single, like even like the least athletic WNBA player could probably like trounce his ass very, very easily. Oh yeah. Hands down. So I, in class this week, we we're talking, we're talking about like influencers and how content creators are such a, like a valuable part of advertising now. And like 
they're they're trusted they're a big part of the internet ecosystem and i've never person like unless outside of a couple of of people who like actually create like educational or or entertainment content um just the general idea of a youtuber or influencer i kind of hate mm-hmm. because of this kind of nonsense where they're 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 trying to make a name for themselves by doing something stupid in public that's offensive dangerous harmful racist etc like this guy is is being sexist and he's being disruptive like he's throwing basketballs into a an actual WNBA game like what are you doing why wh- who thinks this is funny and after he was banned like the WNBA had to restrict their social media because his legion of troll man baby followers is harassing the WNBA because of this like, I don't yeah. understand. Any I don't know why you need to be destructive in order to be popular. And that is that is not something that we as a internet culture should uh how could I say it should reward. If anything, like in, in my opinion, I, I just don't I don't I don't see how this could benefit your brand at all. Um and that that's me that's coming from yeah a guy who has barely any followers on on youtube or twitter but uh i don't know it's maybe just common sense uh but whatever <sighs> anyway speaking of asshole things that happen we can blame zaslav for for another awful thing i guess um cuz Cartoon Network Studios in Burbank which is responsible for a lot of us millennials having a very awesome cartoon centric childhood that studio is shutting down because uh it's being merged with Warner Brothers Animation which admittedly Warner Brothers has some good animation but to shut down Cartoon Network and merge it just feels like sacrilege yeah just improve Cartoon Network like that's got enough pull on its own to like be something that you can continue on forward. You don't have to like absorb it into this, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, this last week, I believe there was a big gathering of current and former employees of Cartoon Network Studios um, to just say goodbye to the building. I believe Craig McCracken and Gendy Tartakovsky, who are legendary cartoon creators, like they made Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. They made Samurai Jack, they, not together, but like Powerpuff Girls. Um, I think Primal right now is is Gendy as well, but mm-hmm. just legendary cartoon creators like helped establish the studio because Hanna-Barbera was being absorbed by Warner Brothers Animation in the 90s and 1999. So this was their, I guess, way of keeping something separate and like they were still owned by Warner. I think Warner obviously would have had to sanction this, but it was a way of keeping cartooning separate from Warner brothers proper. Um, Mm -hmm. And as of August one, which is coming up very soon, it's going to be next week. um, Cartoon network studios will be no more. And that's just very sad because I mean, even though cartoon network in recent years has not been good, yeah, they still created some of the most legendary and enjoyable cartoons in history. Yeah, like that's gonna be a millennial thing of us being like, you remember what Cartoon Network show like you resonated with, mm-hmm. like as a like 
that that's a was so that's good. a BuzzFeed quiz like just oh, waiting God, to happen. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's true. Like Cartoon Network was a big part of like a lot of our childhoods, and to shut down the studio is is a shame. Um, but I also do think that like it needs to its legacy needs to carry on one way or another. If it's not going to mm-hmm. be through Cartoon Network, I hope Warner Brothers does it does it justice by giving us like good shows oh, but again. They're or, not uh, knowing them. Yeah, they're probably fumbling the bag they're as not. we like, speak. They've taken they've taken so many Cartoon Network shows off of Max, and there's like I, we've talked about it before. There's literally no legal way to watch some of these cartoons. Mm-hmm. And even if they haven't been uploaded to the internet at some point illegally, then there's no there's no even illegal way to watch them. So a, a lot of creators are, who know that their shows are at least out there on a pirated website are encouraging people, hey, if you want to watch it, this is the only way to do it. So go go for it, which is weird. Creators advocating for piracy is it seems counterintuitive. But when that's the only legacy that remains of what you've created, I mean, what other choice do you have? Yeah, it is a little wild that that is the go-to, like, only only way to enjoy somebody's, like, peace, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I, man, it, it does suck that, like, it goes down. I hope that someday some, like... Well, one one of one of us rich millennials, when we could have finally afford a house, will finally rebuild Cartoon Network. I guess uh, if we all it, band it just together, to, we can do it. If we all just donate one Starbucks cup a day, we might be able to. We might be able to make it happen. <laughs> hmm. Um. Okay. Speaking of things dying, um, this one is not as bad. Um, Xbox Live Gold, which for a lot of us who grew up in the uh, twenty, the 2000s, 2010s, this is how we played games online with people. Like Xbox Live was like the standard for playing console games with our friends for like Call of Duty or or, or whatever. Um, after 18 years, it's ending. It's being replaced by Xbox. X, excuse me. It's being replaced by Xbox Game Pass Core, which is a cheaper version of game pass so it's it's not so much ending i guess is being rebranded and replaced um xbox game with gold is going away too but you'll still have access to all of the games that you've gotten in the past with xbox games with the gold although you will have to be a member of the new xbox game pass core to be able to access those newer games the games that you got on the xbox 360 that are still in your library you don't need anything to have to access you can just access them without um games w- without the new xbox pass it it'll be fine um they xbox has said that they're not going to touch those but we'll see if they actually do um currently uh xbox game pass core is going to cost ten dollars a month or sixty dollars a year and will offer 25 games and access to online multiplayer currently the games and i'll run through them quickly i think this is 25 i'm not going to stop and count but the ones that are going to be offered for um, the launch, at least announced right now, they might add more before it launches on September 14, um, are Among Us, Descenders, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5, Guardians, Halo Wars 2, 
Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, and Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited. Um, I don't really play with Xbox Online anymore, so I don't particularly care, although I do feel a little bit of that nostalgia. It's like, oh, it's ending. Um, but not not as much as Cartoon Network ending. That's a That's a different kind of nostalgia. Yeah, it's a, di- a different kind of hit, but still another hit in the childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what else might be ending, Kevin? Y- 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 unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> uh, one is is my segment of this episode, but the other is the Overwatch League very well might be ending. Um, Overwatch Two in itself is not doing all of that well. Um, in a recent report, Activision Blizzard King said that. Overwatch 2 players are playing the game less and spending less than they anticipated. Hmm, I wonder why. Hmm. <laughs> um, what could have been the cause of that? Um, but also Overwatch League is also not doing pretty well. Like Kevin, you've said it multiple times that the whole success of the league really depended on the homestand model, being able to get a return of investment and, and to bring in money for the league and the teams because People would pay for tickets. They would go buy merch. They would spend money on food there. They'd pay for parking. Um, th- that was supposed to be our our revenue model. But mainly because, I would say mainly because of, of COVID, I don't know what other reasons really would have derailed it as much as COVID had. But largely because of COVID, that, that never happened. So according to the quarterly report, the quarterly earnings report from Activision Blizzard King. Um, they said that during the second quarter, we amended certain terms of our collaborative arrangement with team entities participating in the Overwatch League. According to the amended terms, following the conclusion of the current Overwatch League season, the teams will vote on an updated operating agreement. If the teams do not vote to continue under an operate updated operating agreement, a termination fee of six million will be payable to each participating team entity. Total fee, approximately one hundred fourteen million. Yeah, it's uh, I, I feel like the business model has already failed. Hmm. And y'all, y'all already know that it's is game over. So, I mean, Sean Miller is saying that Blizzard is claiming to still be uh, supportive of Overwatch League and that the league is quote not going away anytime soon. That's what Sean Miller says. But do we trust Sean Miller? I do. I, I, we uh, trust uh, Activision Blizzard King. Do we trust Microsoft? Nope. <laughs> yeah, if you you want my answer, no. The answer is no. Um, but. Yeah, it it does suck that this is like the end of the Overwatch League. It like kind of it didn't die with a bang. It died with more of a fizzle. Uh which I mean if if ABK they had a good idea for the league. It it had its strengths and it was it was good and then they like forgot about goats for like mm-hmm six months that was a problem and then when they were like oh wait my bad we still have this game to like fix they it was already too late like a lot of us left you had to deal with valorant coming out during the during the pandemic as well um you you have people moving to other fps games that wasn't overwatch um because you tried to 
fit yourselves into a new mold. You destroyed the you destroyed the format that you initially started with. And that is the thing that brought a lot of people together. So I'm just it, it's just unfortunate that this is the way how it goes. Now do you think this is how do you think this is going to go? Do you think the teams are going to exit? <clears throat> do we get an a, another season or are we done? Uh I feel like we're not going to get another season. Um I feel like it's also ludicrous that they're charging 6 million to back out. Um that should not be a thing. Um it should just be like hey if because we haven't made money like on our end on you know Overwatch League end side, they should be the one to close it. And they should just be like, okay, the league is not working. Contenders is not working. Hmm. So this is this is it. This is we have to just call it here. And so if they do that, it does right well, it doesn't do right by the by the teams itself, but it just feels weird to like to essentially say like, oh, we're done. Like we don't have money to sustain it. You know that even without you sustaining the scene through Overwatch League or contenders, there's still going to be teams out there who are going to play this. Collegiate and, teams. Yeah, there will be collegiate teams. There will be teams that like of people who just enjoy the game in general and will still have a grassroots scene. Like the Zomniks. Exactly. So I feel like that's part of it. It just needs to... just needs to... Like... Not say that it's going to evolve and change, but it might have to go back to its grassroots to find the community that it once had. I mean, the writing's been on the wall for a very long time. Um, it's just, it's sad that some, I think, do you think that if COVID had not derailed Overwatch League that it could have been successful? Hmm. See, that's a tough one. Um, I feel like a lot of things would have been different if COVID didn't hit, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it would have helped the league, but I think it's just prolonging the end of how it would how it would eventually come down. So where this would have been inevitable. I feel like, yes, it it would be inevitable just because the lifetime of a game is not determined by its by like how well it still runs but rather by but rather the community that supports it and continues it going like if they had this planned right mm -hmm. they had the overwatch league planned everything's going according to plan if overwatch 2 did the same thing that it did now then we would be like okay we're in trouble like if like changing the whole format going into Overwatch 2, I don't think that you you would still have like any backing from the community. And not only that, you're also a terrible company since every, everything came to light, you know? Um, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if that changes at all either. So mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the analysis that I've read also indicates that not just like COVID and like poor financial managing and like not marketing it well but also just the fact that everyone knows about activision blizzard king right now is not looking good also 
um, ABK fired 50 members of their um, their current esports division, and they're allegedly looking into shutting down some of the programs that they use to run their esports. Not looking very good. That's not Sean Miller. That's not a company committing to Overwatch esports. I don't know who you're trying to fool, buddy. I mean, I I I know you want to keep your job, but it's not looking good. Yeah, this is not the answer. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Now tell tell us about Pokemon. I want to get to Pokemon Sleep. I want to know. I want to know. Okay, okay, okay. So we have to first start with Pokemon World. Um, so just a heads up for everybody. If anybody's interested in any of the Pokemon stuff that's going on, um, Pokemon Worlds officially starts on the 11th through the 13th of August. Um, it will be held in Yokohama, Japan. Um, but in order to promote it, um, the Pokemon Company has actually teamed up with the same studio that made Weathering With You, um, Your Name, anything by Makoto Shinkai. If you want to go ahead and check it out, there's a small trailer that highlights every game that's going to be played at the event. Um, it's really, really well animated. Um, and in my opinion, is my 100% non-biased opinion, but... The fights in Pokemon Unite look really cool. <laughs> just just saying. All the other ones, though, still showcasing the Pokemon, showcasing the teams. Everything's looking really cool. So, um, yeah, if you if you do want to see what that looks like, it is a short uh, one-minute trailer of, like, all the games that are going to be present at Worlds. Um, very well animated. Very pretty. Go ahead and check it out. Um, cool. Um, let's, uh, Pokemon Unite, speaking of Pokemon Unite... Uh, we have more Pokemon Unite stuff added to the game. Guess who? We have Mewtwo. He's hey. he's coming in the game. He's busted. Um, you know how busted? How busted? How, how busted was Mewtwo? Mewtwo was so busted that the day that it was released, there was an emergency patch within 24 hours of its release. <laughs> Wait, what was so bad about Mewtwo? Like, how badly was he bodying? Um, he he was strong. Um, essentially, the way how Mewtwo works is, uh, any time after level five, if you have your ultimate, it pops automatically. Um, it it hits all Pokemon oh. on the map, just for a little bit, a little bit of damage. But the main purpose of it is to, uh, like scout out where everything is. But it. Essentially, gets a power spike at level five, which is very early um, in the game. Usually, we have power spikes at like level seven or nine. Um, but having one at level five is also like something that other Pokemon do have. But Mewtwo is just it was it was something else. It was dealing a ton of damage. It was able to like tail whip people into the ground, and it was just like not fun to play into. So, um, yeah, Mewtwo is not. Not a not not doing good now. I hope. Uh, there it's still playable, but they had to nerf it down compared to its initial release because it used to just body everybody. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a thing. Um, uh, but we got Mewtwo. It came out on Friday. It had an emergency patch the next day. Um, uh, yeah, I have yet to run into one that like completely destroys me. Uh, but then again, I haven't played probably against a good Mewtwo yet. Um, so we'll definitely have to keep an eye out for it, um, and see how the game plays around Mewtwo. 
Um, okay, let's get to the thing that everybody everybody wants to talk about. So, um, Pokemon Sleep, Pokemon Sleep. Uh, it is the newest mobile craze that is on. Uh, that is about Pokemon. Uh, it is very very simple game. Okay, so, um, you you catch Pokemon by sleeping. That's it. Um, <laughs> the the thing is right now currently if you are to download it and play it right now it is currently um. It is currently in maintenance. I'm pretty sure they just finished. They hmm. they just finished. Okay. Um, but you get a new Snorlax every week. So don't get too attached to the Snorlax. There's a Snorlax that comes by. Um, you hang out with Professor Neroli, who is studying the sleep patterns of Pokemon. And you go and you pretty much raise this one Snorlax as your like buddy Pokemon for a week. Um, they get strong. They they help you attract other Pokemon that happen to be, uh, like trying to, f- like understand its sleep power and stuff like that. Um, and you get different Pokemon depending on the style of sleep. Um, I don't know what specifically determines it yet, but mm-hmm. there are three types of sleep. I believe there's dozing, there's slumbering, and then there's one that's like in the middle. I don't know if it's called like basic sleep or something like that <laughs> um but i i am one or the other i'm either like out completely and i get slumbering sleep or i'm like tossing and turning a little bit and i get uh i get like the the pat whatever the uh the first sleep was the dozing sleep so it's not like a not a full sleep it's just kind of like resting um but you get different pokemon there are shinies in the game um Ooh. people have confirmed that there are shiny pokemon so you do want to sleep every day um the most you can sleep is uh you can sleep for however much you want you can do up to two sessions per day two sleep sessions per day but they have to be 90 minutes long each so if you are planning on taking a nap in the middle of the day uh <laughs> it has to be an hour and a half dead um, aside some time it's it's a lot. You're you're dedicating an hour and a half to sleep. Um but at night they do have a couple of cool things. Um your partner Pokemon, which is a Pikachu at the start, but you could dedicate it to be whoever you want later down the line. Um they set reminders on your phone, so it's like, hey, if you want to get your dedicated amount of sleep, uh here is the time that you should go to sleep. Um you could completely ignore that. Um, you get the most bonuses for sleeping eight hours, which is a nice, healthy promotion, like of, of good sleep habits, uh, getting your, getting your eight hours of sleep in, um, another mechanic that people don't know, um, Pokemon sleep. You also have to feed your, your Snorlax three meals a day. That's also to help you eat properly. Cause when you eat the Snorlax should eat. Hmm. So in the morning, when you wake up, uh, which there are time frames. So from six to 12 is breakfast. You could feed your Snorlax a curry or a salad, whichever, whatever it's kind of like, it will tell you like what it likes. So uh, you, you feed it something uh, six to six to 12 is breakfast. Then I think it's like 12 to 12 to 6 PM is lunch. And then anything after 6 PM, 6 PM to 6 AM the next day, is dinner um so you feed your you feed your partner uh snorlax food they get bigger they give you more power and then you get to attract more pokemon and more interesting pokemon uh later throughout the day um 
there is they are currently random just like pokemon like regular pokemon games uh you just sleep and just see who you get um but i would recommend it if you guys are trying to like get in a rhythm of sleeping at a consistent time um i know for me because i have to get up at 6 30 every day i set mine for 11 30 so my pikachu tells me like at 11 like hey you should unwind like go to bed and like get ready to sleep and then it will tell you like okay it will set an alarm for whatever time you want to wake up um the the app itself will will buzz you when when you want to wake up um and yeah and then it just tracks your sleep data so it's it will tell you it does record you at night um so it can make sure that you're not like dying or anything <laughs> um there they have had ones where it's like you're you're making weird noises at no- at night it's like and you hear it back and it's just like you like snoring hell aloud into the mic and it's like okay cool i know i snore now like this is bad like just things that it, it just reminds you of um and re- it reminds you that like you're you're sleeping fine or like you've you're tossing and turning during this point of the night uh was it getting too warm or like things to look out for um to help you with your your sleep um but overall pokemon sleep uh would if if you're interested in learning more about your sleep cycles would would recommend just take a shot at it um it's it's a lot of fun but does it have an alarm clock function? It does. There's an alarm clock function in the game that will go off uh, at a designated time. So for me, I, I go from I try to go from 11.30 to 6.30, um, 6.30 a.m. And then it will ring me at 6.30 to, to wake up and, you know, do, do all my stuff all over again. So, yeah. Um, what kind of sounds does it make? The 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 alarm, the alarm. clock? Yeah. I think there are multiple like styles of alarm clock. I haven't checked them all. Um, I haven't explored as much as I probably should. But um, if you're really sick, like all the time, or just want to like have fun with a Pokemon game, this is definitely one to to try. Um, you know, me once again, like I had a migraine and like eye strain all throughout this weekend. So Pokemon Sleep was like my little glimpse of like. I get my minimal screen time and then I go back to sleep and then I just I catch more Pokemon. That's just how it works. Um, but yeah, um, would recommend uh, you could friend other people and they could give you some like uh, they'll tell you like what Pokemon they saw recently um, and and so on and so forth. So it's, it's kind of cool. So moving from Pokemon sleep, let's go ahead and talk about Uniqlo. Uh, Uniqlo is one of those like super popular clothing brands. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, it's kind of like a it's a really budget friendly like shop, um, mm-hmm. but they do a lot of anime collabs and they have announced their newest one. Um, most well-known one is Spy Family. They do a Spy Family collab uh, whenever there's a new season. Um, I'm wearing a Spy Family shirt right now from Uniqlo, um, but um, the one that they are doing next is Chainsaw Man. Um, which will be available in exactly a month. So, um, yeah, in what is it? It's going to be coming out on August 24th uh, in the States. So if you guys do want uh, any of the Chainsaw Man merchandise, um, feel free to take a peek at that. Um, I know that there's a couple designs that at least are catching my eye. I'd probably end up copying and getting it. Um, So we'll see how it looks. 
um, when I finally like get it in my hands. But uh, mark your calendars. It's probably going to go away super quick, in my opinion. Um, but this is okay. This is the way how you guys handle um, the the Uniqlo drops. If you guys are looking for it, right? The first thing that's going to happen is the first wave of it is going to get sold out immediately. Everybody goes to the stores, buys them all out. And then, like, there's just nothing there. Um, the best way of doing it is ordering it online and then waiting for the second or third wave to come in. And then you could guarantee that you get it. Um, there'll be merchants in the back that will hold it for you until you finally pick it up from the shop. Um, and then you could go ahead and get it then. Um, that is the best way how I did it. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit um, when they did the Spy Family drops. Um, I know that I think the latest one was an Attack on Titan one. Um so that's what we were pretty much just keeping our eyes out for. Um, but the newest one is going to be the Chainsaw Man one. Um, so yeah, just keep your eyes peeled. If you like guys like Chainsaw Man, uh, Uniqlo is coming out with a new line of collaborations. So yeah, um, that is what we got from the clothing department. Let's go ahead and move into the actual books. Um, Okay, so the manga recommendation for today is not actually, once again, it's not an actual manga, technically. It is a spinoff of a manga. So um, if you guys have heard, I've, I'm pretty sure I've recommended it on this uh, podcast before, but um, there is an, there's an anime and a manga called Way of the House Husband, um, which follows an ex-Yakuza member um, who is now turned house husband, takes care of the house, um, for his loving wife uh and just enjoys taking the same like um passion and like intensity to his everyday housekeeping jobs uh that he's got to do um so the author uh kiosuke ono actually made the gangster's guide to housekeeping which is what i am going to bring up today um so if you have read the manga or if you haven't there it's actually good for both um it will tell you everything that you need to know and heads ups of things that like will help you with certain things in your house um i could go ahead and pick it up there's also it's also part cookbook i didn't know that getting it um but there this are this is like a legitimate things. actual guide. it's a legit guide it's like I'm a, i'll grab it off the shelf real quick yeah, it's it's a legit guide of how to keep your house clean and also um desserts and recipes that are in the in the actual anime and manga. Um and it's illustrated with the actual panels from once they used it. So um some of the things that are included in here, there are they, there are four sections of this. So um way of the housekeeper, which tells you like um, cleaning, laundry, uh, getting rid of bugs and pests, uh, gardening, uh, securing your home, uh, finances. That's that's way of the housekeeper. Then there's way of the chef, which teaches you how to like like proper knife skills, um, things to look out for um, when you're buying when you're buying food. Um, and then there's appetizers, soups and stews, main dishes, desserts and drinks. Those are all in the book. Um, then there's way of the urban explorers. So like um learning how to like le learning how to like talk to your neighbors learning how to um like how to save money in certain spots and so on and so forth and like talking with people um that that's kind of important and then the last one is called way of the gang which is pretty much like how to host certain events um 
ranging literally anywhere from uh, how to relax, how to do, how to camp, how to knock out a cold, how to throw a perfect birthday party. Those are all things that are in this book. <laughs> it's it's wild <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, I read the way of the housekeeping part so far. Um, it's really refreshing and it's actually really helpful. Um, the tips that are in this book are useful. They they actually do work. Um, for example, um, let's see the one that I was like really oh um, if you have pet hair, a lot of us have pets, right? Um, if you don't have a basic lint roller, there are two easiest ways of like knocking it out. The first one is like making a makeshift lint roller with a duct tape on your hand and just rolling it over things. But the other one that's most that I didn't know of, maybe other people did, um, but it's rubber gloves. If you build up enough static electricity on rubber gloves, you can knock off pet hair. Um, and so oh. the this guy literally has a pair of rubber gloves on him when he's going back from a supermarket and he's like, okay, like boss, your your suit is very it's covered with pet hair. You could use rubber gloves in order to just like pat it off. Um there's also like things like, oh. Um, the main ingredients in Irish spring is also a very well-known um, pest repellent. So if you guys do see any bugs inside of your your uh, bathroom area, which usually they do come in through either that or the kitchen, um, using a small like film of Irish spring or even using the bar soap and just rubbing it around like the corners of the door will will tell the pest to not go there. I do um, have some Irish spring bars, so yes, so. If if you see a bug in a certain room, cover your your entrances and exits with Irish Spring, and it will it will uh, keep them out. <laughs> if you can't afford like bug spray or like crazy amounts of bug spray, Irish Spring works. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of really interesting like little tidbits, um, and they're all from the manga. They have all been referenced in the manga one way or another. Um, but it's a cool way of like. It it's a cool way of kind of seeing all of the tips kind of consolidated into one spot. Um, it's really nice to see it this way too, because me as a me as a just the manga reader, I'm like, oh, I'm here to see the story of Tatsu and how he's adjusting to becoming a house husband, or yeah, becoming a house husband and taking his like stuff and understanding how it works. Um, but to be able to like see all of the tips in kind of like a, a self-help, not a self-help book, but like a how-to like book, it's really nice to see like certain things that he's made that actually have like literal effects and it's all in one spot. So um, this, by the way, comes out after book nine. It's on book nine right now. Uh, we're going to get book 10 uh in august but all the tips that are in here are legit um they have been tested uh some of them by me um but it's really cool to like read through it if you even if you don't read the series way of the house husband or watch it on netflix uh you can just learn some of the helpful tips in this uh in in this book here um it's really it's really cool. It's the same style as the original manga, so um, I would recommend it if you guys want to have housekeeping tips on hand, or if you guys just want a really cool book to supplement the manga. Um, 
anyways, uh, official. It's called "The Way of the House Husband: The Guide, The Gangster's Guide to Housekeeping" uh, by Kosuke Ono. So, uh, check it out if you guys do want a book that is manga adjacent, uh, but literally gives you all of the tips in order to make sure that your house is not being completely destroyed. <laughs> I could use some of those tips. I bet. <laughs> It's really cool. Um, I have yet to try any of the actual like uh, recipes, but I'm thinking about taking a stab at a couple of them. Um, let's see. Well, okay, okay. I'll just go down the thing. I'll just go down the way of the chef like uh, food options that they have here. We'll see uh, if anything comes up that you're like, ooh, okay, let's try that. Uh, wood ear mushroom salad. Uh, we have a bread loaf pizza. Uh, and then a cheese croquet. That is the basic appetizers. Soups and stews. Um, star anise chicken soup. Udon with tempura, uh, hot pot, and then a basic hangover soup. Um, mains. How to do a bento box. A bamboo set. Karaage. Tonkatsu. Uh, Ooh, honey lemon chicken so sandwich. Uh, Hamburg steak plate. Uh, salmon with creamy walnut sauce. And those are the main dishes. Over to desserts, you have the strawberry parfait, a marshmallow banana chocolate sandwich, uh, bear cookies, Castella cakes, and birthday cakes, and drinks, you have boba. You have literally boba tea on here. Uh, simple lemonade, um, hot chai tea, and a fruit smoothie. Uh, <laughs> those are all options in the book, and I have to see which one I do want to take a shot at. Um, but yeah, that, that might be something for later. Um, good good for your anime peeps if you want to tell them to get like help or to like actually try stuff. Uh, it's cool. It's a cool book. Um, but yeah, that is it for the manga part of the manga recommendations. Let's go into the releases. So, um, this week honestly kind of slow for the releases. We had um, Soul Eater Perfect Edition eleven. Uh, we had Soichi, which has been really popular. Um, it's a Junji Ito story. Um, if you guys ever do walk into a Barnes and Nobles, it's like a purple book. It's hardcover. Um, it's like got like a kid with nails in a coffin. That's that's its thing. Um, oh, and lovely. then we have yeah, it's just, it's not like creep. Well, it's creepy because it's Junji Ito, but um, uh, it's it's a very interesting looking book. Um, after that, we have Beauty and the Feast Nine, which I've been keeping up with. Um, and yeah, that's what we got there next week. A little slow. Um, we have Ayashimon three and Sakamoto days nine. Um, so Ayashimon three, it's made by the same person who made hell's paradise. Um, that is another one that we might talk about in terms of manga recommendations. We might've already recommended it. Um, but it is a very interesting series so far. And I like to break that down i finished book two recently so i'm excited to go ahead and read book three um sakamoto days once again still retired uh retired ex-hitman is now trying to get or is having a bunch of people trying to eliminate him um and he's just trying to live a very basic life with his family uh, and he can't get peace because there's no retiring for an ex-hitman um that's what we got for the manga releases um I know that next week, next week, da da da. Um, okay, so yeah, the the last possible recording for us would be on the seventh before I go ahead and take off on my trip. Um, but 
Um, if I do for next week, which will be the 31st ish, um, we will be able to give you guys an update on what's coming up in the couple weeks that we will probably not be recording. It is kind of a bigger release for for manga and me being a crazy guy. I've already pre-ordered all of my books that by the time I come home, it will be on my doorstep. So uh, yeah, we'll give you guys a heads up as we slowly start approaching the rest of the week. But um, so far, the other thing to keep in mind is it's still the start of the summer season. If there's anything that you guys want to watch, um, feel free to let us know what to what to keep our eye outs for. Um, I'm probably going to keep watching Mushoku Tensei, um, which is Jobless Reincarnation. Um, I ha- I'm also watching Zombie 100. Um, still an excellent show and series, so... Uh, keeping that one in mind and then uh, just trying to catch up on things that I haven't caught up on. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got so far. Uh, manga releases um, very scarce for now, but we'll pick up closer towards the end of the month. And what's your advice for the week, Kevin? Anything, anything you want to advise us on? Um, if you're having head strain problems and eye strain problems, uh try to figure out the cause i'm going into i'm wearing like blue light glasses i'm starting to do that and i have to switch back to contacts um i'm also taking care of myself that's that's the main thing take care of yourself so you don't like freak out like me and then have to panic for the last week um i i'm glad that summer camp is nearing its end but at the same time it was it was a lot of fun just being able to play a lot of esports i don't think that i've gotten better if anything i actually think i got worse oh, no. um it is just because like how can i say it the more you play with not necessarily like the more games you play with the students the more you pick up on their like bad tendencies and their bad habits because you get relaxed about things that you shouldn't so um that's very applicable to valorant where like right now i'm trying to like teach certain kids things um, but they have bad habit tendencies and I'm like, you should not do this. And then I see them doing it. And I'm like, okay, I could get away with it because I'm watching, I'm watching them make the mistakes so I can get away with it. And, and then I go back and I play like a real game. And my brain is like, oh, this is too much. Like I actually have to slow down and think about it. But uh, that, that that's besides the point. Take care of yourself. Have fun in the summer. Uh, go see Barbenheimer. Yes, go see Barbenheimer. It's really good. I honestly, like, don't go see it if you have a migraine and you're going to be staring at a screen for... I would have also been front row, which would have been absolutely terrible. So I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) The next strain. Next strain plus explosion in face. Uh, Plus the sound. Plus the brightness. I don't want to get, like... I've been flashbanged enough in Valorant. I don't need to I don't need to do it from the movie as well. Go see go see Barbie, go see Oppenheimer. If you can't fit them in the same day, go see them individually. I honestly think that both of them deserve Oscar nominations. I think Barbie should at least get it for production design, if not also for best original song for I'm Just a Ken. Great movie. Just it's not it's it's not like super girly chick flick movie. It's just a good movie. Um, Oppenheimer, I think Killian Murphy in line for a best acting, a best leading actor Oscar. Robert Downey Jr. I think he 
you could make a very good claim for him to be um best supporting. Uh, just make sure you have enough time in your day to see both of them because again, Barbie's two hours ish, Oppenheimer's three. That's a five hour chunk of your day for seeing them both. But uh, please like go see them. They're fantastic. Thanks for tuning in with us this week, guys. We will catch you next week. And adios. Stay cool. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod. That's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.